162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, is August NFL football even real? I've got my doubts and an analogy I'd like you to try on. Like a jacket. I've got the top three hard knocks moments as the annual summer NFL practice porn show gets ready to go. All that plus Katie's ultimatum and, geez, get a room, you old men. You're jam-packed. Solo ride with El Baldo is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. Thank you for downloading just you and me today. So settle in. I have spent, I think, the better part of almost two hours researching, cutting and pasting, deliberating what stories to put in, pulling sound bites. So hopefully that quality effort is reflected in today's final product. Okay, here we go. Is the preseason even real? As in, how much does it matter when it comes to evaluating talent? In fact, more specifically, what can you tell about a quarterback in the preseason? The Packers have an interesting conundrum on their hands. They have Jordan Love, first-round pick, for whom they had high hopes and high expectations. But he is now going on year three of not playing hardly at all. He got one start in Kansas City when uh, Rodgers had covid And that was it. He had no training camp and no preseason in 2020, his rookie year, because of the pandemic. And so, therefore, it's a very limited sample set. Now, here's the thing. Tick, 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 tick. With a first-round pick on his, you know, with a a first being a first-rounder, his fifth-year option is going to come up this spring. So what happens if 
Aaron Charles Rodgers plays the whole season, 17 of 17, doesn't get hurt, and Jordan Love does not play at all. What are you going to do? Are you going to pick up the fifth-year contract and commit a significant amount of money towards him next year, sight unseen? Or is this preseason, is this August, going to be critical for the team to get a really good look at what can he do? This was a, I don't want to say argument, but it was a discussion between me and young Billy Schmid on my morning show on 97.3 The Game. And Billy seemed to be of the opinion that, yes, it's going to be a huge August, and they're going to have to really look long and hard and see what they get out of Jordan Love to help make a decision come the spring. And while I don't think there's anything wrong with giving him as many snaps as possible and taking a good hard look, my feeling is you're not going to know shit. I don't think... August football is even real football. Billy is more confident of that, but he's young. That's all. He'll learn because he'll go through many, many Augusts in which quarterback A, B, C, X, Y, Z, all the way down the list, will look really good. And then they will not be able to play dead in a Western. I remember it with uh, uh, John Beck, for the Redskins. I remember a game against Baltimore. God damn, he looked so sharp. I mean, dropped back confidently, was throwing seeds, had great stats when it was all said and done. And this was one of the, the vaunted like later preseason games. I think it was preseason game number three. I'm like, shit, this guy's good. Uh, fast forward. He was terrible. Still holds the record for the most times sacked by a quarterback in Redskins slash Commander's history. I think the number was like 11 or 12 in a single game. It was against the Bills in Toronto. You got to be really bad to get sacked that many times and don't say, well, the offensive line must have sucked. No, he held the ball and didn't know what to do. He froze like Corporal Upham in Saving Private Ryan in the bell tower at the end of the movie. If you don't get that reference, I can't help you. You haven't seen Saving Private Ryan? Okay. So here's my analogy about why it means nothing. And you can tell me if it's on point or not. Just try this jacket on. Here, try it on. Put it on. Preseason now, fewer and fewer starters play, right? In fact, some teams barely play anybody. They might play their offensive line just to keep their backup quarterbacks from getting killed. They might play a chunk of their O-line because they want to at least see how certain running backs or uh, you know other guys function. But that's about it. So it's like a deck of cards with half the cards missing. And if you're trying to judge a quarterback, like maybe the Packers will, on three games in August, man, that is a short sample. Three games. Also, teams don't really game plan against you in the preseason. They're so worried on installing things, coaching guys up. They might go, yeah, yeah, okay, so-and-so has... This guy and that guy, and we'll keep an eye out for him. But we don't have a whole game plan. That takes a lot of hours. Coaches don't spend those hours on games that don't matter. Also, most NFL games are won in the fourth quarter. After countless adjustments are made throughout the course of the game, and the other team may wear down their opponent, and they get that one little advantage they've been looking for. They spring free their star receiver after setting it up, setting it up, setting it up all game long. You don't get to that point 
in a preseason game because you're not grinding that hard in a league in which it's a seven-point swing either way 70% of the time to actually win the game. So what do you really learn? Coaches go for it on fourth down when they otherwise would not. They may kick or they may not kick field goals, depending on who they have in camp at place kicker. Do they want to see the operation? Do they not want to see the operation? They pull guys at the slightest of injuries. Like I said, it's a deck of cards with half the cards missing. And it's the most important of the cards. It would be like blackjack with half of the face cards or more pulled out of the deck or the aces pulled out of the deck. I think believing you can judge a quarterback based on August football would be like thinking, well, I can bet if a guy knows how to play blackjack, if he only plays one shoe of cards in August with half the face cards missing from the deck and aces. Oh, and everyone else at the table are doing things they would never otherwise do if there was actual money at stake because there's just fake monopoly money. So they're splitting tens against sixes or doubling down on weird numbers, and they're just fucking around. They're not paying attention. How can you judge if somebody is a good blackjack player and you get one shoe, that's it? Okay, one shoe is over, short sample size. Does this guy know what he's doing? I don't know. Is he, is he up or down with his bankroll? It doesn't fucking matter. It's not real. Now, you tell me, is that analogy a good one? Or is it a bad one? Or is it somewhere in between? What have I missed? What can you add to it? Just try that jacket on for size. Tell me how it feels. Hard Knocks begins this week. The show that the NFL couldn't fathom losing. To the point where they had to set up rules to basically say, look, we're going to force a team into doing this if they don't agree to it. Because it's such a good property for us, we don't want to let it go. Of course, over the years, and I looked this up tonight, like two hours of research for a 30-minute-plus podcast. Stop bitching, okay? Sorry. Mike Florio, May of 2019. NFL should pull the plug on hard knocks. He says the best arguments against doing the show have only gotten stronger with each example of strategic secrets and embarrassing moments and flat-out dysfunction, proving the point that there's nothing to be gained and plenty to be lost by accepting the Hard Knocks assignment. There's stories that go back as far as 2012. The show started in 2001. Social media didn't become a thing at all until 2009, 2010 maybe, I'm thinking. But the show endures, and the teams that are usually on it don't typically do well. The Rams and the Chargers were on in 2020. Uh, the Rams went 10 and 6, made the playoffs. The Chargers went 7 and 9 and did not. Uh, the Raiders went 7 and 9 after being on it in 19. The Browns 7, 8, and 1 the year before. The Buccaneers 5 and 11. Rams 4 and 12. Texans 9 and 7 playoffs. So there's one. Falcons 6 and 10. Only the Bengals in 2013 had a really good year after Hard Knocks. That was 11 and 5 of the more recent vintage episodes or recent vintage teams that have been on it. There's three moments. I'll do a top three Tuesday here of the best moments of hard knocks through the years. Let's start with this one. John Gruden's infamous knock on wood if you're with me riff. You guys love it or like it? It's good stuff. Are you with me, uh, everybody, knock on wood? 
Knock on wood if you're with me there, man. You guys love it or like it? You love it's it or like stuff. it? Are you with me? What if I hate it? I think it's stupid. Uh, everybody, knock on wood. Knock on wood if you're with me there, man. There you go. Knock on wood if you're with me. Number three. Number two, J.J. Watt steals snap counts from the Dolphins. Now, uh, actually, this is, I've got more than three here. Sorry. <laughs> All that research, and I didn't weed this one out. This was from September of 2012, and this is, again, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. He writes, do not ask for whom the bell tolls. The bell tolls for hard knocks. Texans defensive end J.J. Watt delivered a potential death blow. Death blow. Seinfeld. To the show on Tuesday, explaining to NBC's network's Pro Football Talk that he picked up the Dolphins' snap count by watching hard knocks. He was all sheepish and guarded when explaining it to co-host Eric Casilia, saying the same information can be picked up from the preseason game broadcast, but Watt said that hard knocks certainly helped. And that one line could provide future coaches and GMs with the ammunition they need to push back against an owner who decides he wants to be a carnival barker. Narrator. Hard knocks was not delivered a death blow with that moment. Now we get back to the count. Now back to the countdown, as Casey Kasem would say. Number two, Antonio Cromartie struggling to remember the names of all of his kids. When you're on the football field, you have to turn you know, all the aggression on, but as soon as you leave and get home, you got to be that father figure, you know, that, that husband. What is wrong with your house? What is going on with your house? I got Alonzo, who is five. I have um, Karis, who is three. I have my my junior, which is three. I have a my daughter, who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. He didn't. That's so he turns three in December. I got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th named London. I think we're up to five. Another daughter that was born named Leilani, who's uh, two Six. years old. And uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. So that's seven right there. I had kind of remembered he struggled harder to remember all the names. And then I watched the clip again. I'm like, you know, he did pretty good considering that seven different kids all clustered together with multiple mothers. Seven, I counted there. might have been eight, whatever. Looked it up right now. Antonio Cromartie has 14 kids with eight different women. Good God! I mean, I don't care how doting you claim to be as a father. You cannot be a good father to 14 kids by eight different mothers. Hard to be a good father to 14 kids by one mom. I mean, look at the Duggar family. Okay, cheap shot. Sorry about that. And my number one uh, top three uh, moment in Hard Knocks history, the Hugh Jackson versus um, Todd Haley showdown in the coaches meeting in Cleveland when Todd Haley was basically pissed off that he thought the players on the team were being babied over minor injuries and should be out there practicing. Here's how it went down. Guys, this is all for preventative measures. Nobody's trying to take anybody out and have better problems. I, just, I, have, I have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. and I have an opinion on it. And we're, we need to get so much done. 
-hmm. you know, and and I know I said that to you and we joke about it, but if we live in our fears, I mean, our team has to get mentally tougher and be able to fight through the shit that we got to fight through. We got to change this drastically. And if we got guys that haven't done shit sitting around doing nothing, you know, it, I just don't know how we're going to do it. Well, I respect you saying that. I mean, I used to sit in the same I mean, chair. Joe, let me finish. Whoa, whoa, let me finish. Whoa, whoa. I used to sit in the same chair as you guys sat in. And I used to feel the same way. I just want to kill them. Okay. Until all of a sudden, I sat in this chair, and then they're not there. And you don't get them to practice. And you can't get them through, and then you don't have them for three weeks. And I'm not living in my fears. That's real. And I think we all can appreciate that. Anything else? Speak now, baby. Hold your peace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, nobody was going to speak up after that. They're like, okay, Hugh Jackson doesn't even want to hear it. He's, he's saying, hey. I used to be a slappy like you guys. Now I'm here. Huh? How you like me now, huh? I'm the boss. Applesauce. Anything else? All that being said, on a positive, and we got a lot, a long way to go. But that being said, we're making progress. There's enough positive uh, in my experience that I'm encouraged. That's good. Okay. Good. Yeah, well, there you go. Todd Haley's a fucking stooge, but Hugh Jackson was a clown. As well, and I think he's out of the NFL right now. Sorry about that hiccup. I'm doing a live show here. Did you know that? I'm going straight through. No edits. Not worried about making this perfect. I just want it to be good. And I did have a bowl of ice cream. That's why I'm fat. Okay. So old Hugh Jackson on Todd Haley. There is number one right there. There are good moments that come out of hard knocks, including Jamal Williams for the Detroit Lions, who are the stars of this year's hard knocks, uh, who gave an impassioned speech. Bring it up. Today. Well, let's let y'all know, man. Today is the minimum of effort. Do not give up. Do not feel like you're tired. Were you tired? Think of last year and think of that record. Every time I get tired or I think I can't go no more, I think of that record. Last year wasn't it. That ain't us. We can make it. Have some heart. I get emotional about this. I'm about to cry because I care about y'all. Do your best. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. Ah, yes. Jamal Williams. He was a Packer. He was great. He had, my favorite Jamal Williams uh, riff was when he said, uh, oh, yeah, about, uh, where is it? Jamal Williams. William. Sorry, I'm looking this up. Williams Miniment. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> It was a good one there. Uh, I got Ollie Williams. No Jamal Williams. Son of a bitch. I thought I had this one handy. Another case of me not having the sound bites I thought I had at my fingertips. Anyway, I I like Hard Knocks. I'm not a super fanatic, but I'll, I'll watch it if I can remember to watch it. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Moving right along, you know, the preseason is also like a burlesque show. One of those old-timey stripper acts where she comes out, she's got an absurd amount of clothing on and a corset. She's got a fan and she's got a big hat on and she's got long gloves. (laughs) And it's one finger at a time on the glove. Finally takes a glove off and swings it around. It's like the NFL and the offseason. You got mini camps. Ooh, they're at mini camp. Oh, let's go send a camera crew out there and see what they're doing. That is training camp. And then they have practice. Oh, look, she's pulling up her skirt. Oh, look at that. She's got a garter under there. Then there's a scrimmage at the stadium. Wow. Now we're in the depth chart stage of the training camp season where the first depth chart is out and the coaches are quick to say you know I only put this out because the league requires me to don't read anything into this and we in the media immediately begin reading everything into it (laughs) then you get preseason game number one preseason game number two And finally, this so-called dress rehearsal, which is actually number two now, and really it's not even necessarily a dress rehearsal. Then what happens come the first week of the season? It's like the opening scene in Saving Private Ryan. Guys going down with ACLs. Dudes getting concussions. Big hits. Oh, God! It's real football. That's what it is. But it's a tease. It's a tease getting to that point. Dateline, old, mushy men. Listen, I get it that us men don't say I love you enough to other men. We say it in roundabout ways. We say it in subtle sort of interactions. We say sometimes I love you by giving each other shit. But this was over the top this weekend at the Wyndham Championship where Sir Nick Faldo signed off for the last time with CBS and their golf coverage. It was Nance and Faldo and Nabilo and Ian Baker Finch. And I like Nance. I mean, I like Faldo. I hated him as a player. But then I grew to really love him as an analyst. And then he sort of cooled off about halfway through. And he just stopped really being as critical as he needed to be. I never expected him to be Johnny Miller, but he just sort of seemed to be wafting along as if he was collecting checks. And he's finally decided, look, I'm not going to the live tour, even though he probably could have made a decent amount of money doing so. He's going to go to Montana in his ranch and his sporty, younger, blonde girlfriend and live the good life up there. So he's signing off with Nance and he's signing up 
signing off with Ian Baker, Finch, and Nabilo. And boy, does Nick Fallow, he has a hard time getting this one off. You said one time, I'm not very often at a loss for words. I am now, except just to say, Nick, um, your final thoughts on this remarkable run. I blew it. You got it, mate. That was already. Patting him on the back. It's been a great journey. You've always been ready, mate. Oh. We've been lucky. Mm -hmm. We've been very fortunate. 16 yeah. years. People only knew. Hang on. The time that um, you get breathe. to spend together. Let's say you breathe. Five yeah. seconds. Breathe. <sighs> okay. You got this. So I was in a boat. You got this. In Ireland. And uh, they gave me a call and said, how would you like to sit next to Jim Nance? And literally fell out the boat. I really did. <laughs> there was two over six. And here we are. 16 years later. <laughs> I mean, it's. Again, an amazing run. I'm not against men showing their emotions or saying I love you. It's 16 years, though. It's not 60. It's not like Vin Scully, you know? And, um, Frank, Ian, I know you have a final word, too, to say to this great man. Yeah, it's been uh, an amazing 16 years. It's been 40 years since we've known you. And uh, yeah. lots of uh, water under the bridge and... Maybe a lot more water flying down that East Gallatin River up in uh, Montana breathe, with the fly rod. Breathe, breathe. Looking forward to it. Nick, if it's about loving this great guy. Yeah. You Thanks to all the crew. You're the, as I affectionately and respectfully call you the workers. They put the pictures out. We do the rattling. We have an easy job. Mm -hmm. Thank you all. Yeah. Um, it's nice. Nice touch. Means I'm a, a single child, and I've found that 65 three brothers. Thank you. I found three brothers. You can only see what was in this tower. Just surrounded by his CBS family and our families. Thank you, Nick, for gracing this booth and our lives. And now you and Linz will go to your happy place. To the big sky of Montana. Yeah. God bless you, Nick. I'm ready. Thanks, my friend. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I mean, good for him. But at the same time, for God's sakes, enough already. Uh, his his girl is, uh, she's sporty. But then again, Nick Faldo's, uh, you know, pretty ruggedly handsome. He is quite the doppelganger for Harrison Ford, isn't he? Hey, does anyone want a stat of the day? What? You don't even do these every day on your radio show. You're going to give us one now? Why, yes. Yes, I am. Buckle up. Stat of the day. According to John Auran, sports business journal CBS and NBC have now emerged as the clear frontrunners for Big Ten media rights. If this goes through and barring a last-minute change of direction... The Big Ten and ESPN will be divorced for the first time in 40 years in both football and basketball. Behold, your stat of the day! Man, that is something else. In the real world, you probably saw this news item. Former President Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI. Now, 
I think it's true. I haven't seen anything. This is breaking as I record this on a Monday night. How true is it? What's the nature of it? So I'm going to tread lightly on this. But if true, we are in some uncharted deep waters in this country right now. This is the stuff of third world dictatorships. And I'm sure many who just hate Trump and our Democrat voters through and through will say, good, go get them. And I know it was Trump that hired Chris Ray for the FBI that has raided his home. And maybe the search warrant is compelling, although given how the FBI has fudged and lied and outright fabricated things to try to get Trump back when he was a candidate, and then, of course, when he was president, eh, I'm not so sure this thing is going to be the bombshell they think. But what if he's president again, you know? He's angling to run again. I don't think Trump has lost any of his core supporters. (sighs) You know, when... uh, Trump was campaigning against Hillary and the chance of lock her up would ring out from the crowd and Trump did nothing to sort of tamp that down regarding Hillary. You know, people said, and I think to a certain extent rightfully so, that this is a disturbing, uncomfortable element in our politics that really should not be allowed to go any further because, you know, it's the stuff, like I said, of banana republics locking up your political opposition. And... They made a big deal of that. I wonder if there will be bipartisan condemnation of this as a bridge too far, as a Rubicon cross that will have potentially disastrous consequences down the road. I doubt it. But it's amazing that the list of people who have not been raided by the FBI include the pedophiles associated with Jeffrey Epstein, Hunter Biden, Eric Swalwell for sleeping with a Chinese spy. And the list goes on. We'll see where this one goes. Meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden apparently can't put on his own jacket. There's a video of him today getting off a chopper. I guess it's Marine One or some other presidential chopper. Wind blowing. He's distracted. Uh, Dr. Jill Biden. (laughs) Dr. She's not a real doctor, even though Whoopi Goldberg said on The View, oh, Jill Biden should be the next uh, Surgeon General. She's an excellent doctor. (laughs) They had to say, yeah, no, she's a doctor, but it's an academic doctorate. Dr. Jill was uh, pointing something out, and Biden looks over, and he's sort of looking confused, and uh, his jacket is being blown in the wind, so he can't get his arm around to find where the uh, hole is. And look, we've all been there. But it's usually a momentary thing, like, well, what the fuck is going on with my jacket here? This goes on for an uncomfortable amount of time. Then, of course, Jill has to help him get the jacket on. He's got his mask on. (laughs) Biden's had COVID three times in the last month, still has the mask. Quintuple vax to the moon. His sunglasses are down at the tip of his nose, looking really stupid. He's got his mask on. He's struggling with his jacket. Then the, then the sunglasses fall off. <laughs> and of course, the mainstream media commenting on, is this guy fit to run the country anymore? That's the sound you're going to hear on this instead. Crickets. It truly is the real life situation of the fable of the emperor 
has no clothes, which I had to look up the backstory of it because I never really did. Hans Christian Andersen, famed Danish author, wrote this in 1837. Uh, the tale has been translated to over a hundred excuse me, languages. It's about a vain emperor who gets exposed before his subjects. Two swindlers arrive at the capital city of an emperor who spends lavishly on clothing at the expense of state matters. Posing as weavers, they offer to supply the emperor with magnificent clothes that are invisible only to those citizens who are stupid or incompetent. The emperor hires them. You're hired. I like the cut of your jib. So they set up looms and they go to work. A succession of officials and the emperor himself visit to check their progress. Each one of them sees the looms are empty, but they pretend to otherwise uh, think that there's actually clothes there because, remember, if you can't see the clothes, you're an idiot. So they all buy into this lie. Finally, the weavers report that the emperor's suit is finished. They mime dressing him up, and he sets off in a procession before the whole city. The townsfolk go uncomfortably along with it, not wanting to appear stupid or inept until a child blurts out that the emperor is wearing nothing at all. The people then realize that everyone has been fooled. Although startled, the emperor continues the procession, walking more proudly than ever. I don't think we'll have anyone that says, hey, the emperor has no clothes, and then everyone goes, oh, I get it now. They say that society goes mad all at once, and men regain their sanity one by one. And that seemingly is going to be a long, slow process. Hey, in uh, football news, did you see, I mean, I you know, forget this real world shit. Let's talk about the fact that uh, this kid for the Eagles is this monster of a lineman, Jordan Davis, is just putting fellow rookies on skates. Jordan Davis was the 13th overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft, played at Georgia. He is a monster of a man, six foot six, 336 pounds. And on Sunday, a clip of him bulldozing fellow rookie Cam Jurgens for the Eagles went viral. Now, Jurgens was taken in the second round of the 2022 draft out of Nebraska. So we're not talking about a no-name here, but he's pretty much hopping backwards. Hop, 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 like a bunny rabbit is Cam Jurgens trying to drop anchor and stop the bulldozing Jordan Davis. He fails in doing so. Jurgens 6'3", 303 himself, and he couldn't stop the 6'6", 330-plus pound Jordan Davis. Again, it's a striptease, a burlesque striptease. Hey, Frank Ocean wants to sell you a $25,000 cock ring. What the hell did you just say? It's a podcast. I can say bad words. Yes, that's right. This is from uh, KFC Barstool. Uh, Kevin Feitelberg, I believe he does these good little one minute recaps. I think he's talented. I know he's got a backstory in which he fucked up. See all you people out there who think I hate on Barstool just because I'm at times critical of guys like Riggs and and the four play pot. I'm not, they do a lot of good creative shit. 
This guy's pretty talented, and I learn a lot of stuff I would otherwise not know, such as what's the deal with Frank Frank Ocean? Ocean, one of the music industry's most talented and mysterious artists, whipped the internet into a frenzy on Sunday with a single Instagram post. It's been nearly seven years since Frank Ocean's last album, with only two albums in his entire catalog, so his fans are always fiending for more music, particularly the millennials who think that he's the artist of a generation. Personally, I just think he's a regular old R&B guy. But nonetheless, when you get a notification from Frank Ocean, people think that there's a new album on the way. Everyone rushed over to his IG to find that he had posted a picture of his dick in a cock ring that you can buy for $25,000. A few years ago, Ocean came out with his own designer brand called Homer, where he sells jewelry and other accessories, and this is the one ring to rule them all. It's the Triple XL <laughs> H-Bone, a $25,000 cock ring laced with gold and diamonds. There's also a $2,000 option and a $12,000 option, but let's be honest, if you're gonna get a diamond-studded cock ring, you gotta go balls to the wall, <laughs> slide that thing on, and give yourself blue balls until his next album comes out. And it'll pair perfectly with a $2,000 garbage bag from Balenciaga. How about you get back in the studio and stop making cock rings, you weirdo? (laughs) These are the stories, along with all the other stuff politically, that makes you say, you know what? This country's fine. This country is going in the right direction on all fronts. Politics, civics, social media, music. We're, We're doing good. Finally, pour one out. For one of the all-time OG movie star and musical dime pieces, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John passed away at 73 due Sandy. to cancer. Sandy? Tell me about it, stud. This one from Greece, of course, her outfit, that tight-fitting black, black spandex sort of one-piece. Black leather jacket, smoking a grit. Puts it out. Ugh. And a young John Travolta. Whatever happened to Greaser culture? Oh, by the way, is it ever making a comeback? Newton-John revealed in September she was treating cancer at the base of her spine. It was her third time with cancer, following bouts with it in her breasts in early 90s and again in 2017. She had little acting experience when she got this role. She gave an incredible performance as Sandy, the sweet-natured Australian transfer student who romances Travolta's alpha greaser Danny at a Southern Cal high school in the 1950s. She was 29 at the time. In 2005, Newton-John's then-boyfriend, Patrick Dermott, disappeared at sea while on a fishing trip off the coast of California. He was never found, an unsolved mystery that haunted the singer for years. She is the granddaughter of Nobel Prize-winning physicist Max Born, and she said she did not get his talent for understanding math or science, but who gives a shit? She had talent for singing and dancing and acting and looking hot as shit. Rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. And that is a tight 36-minute wrap with only a few burps, only a few missed cues, only a few sound bites I couldn't call up at the snap of a finger. You didn't mind that, did you? All right, thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time.
162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. 